listening to the National Hispanic Media Coalition's podcast, Pasadena and Beyond, which airs on KHBG LP Radio 101.5 FM, the station that gives the mic back to the people, your mic, your voice, your community. We are co-hosting today. I am Brenda Castillo-Nogales, station manager here at KHBG, and my co-host is the one and only... I am your co-host, Brenda Rivas. I am the senior vice president of the Human Resources and Operations with the National Hispanic Media Coalition. I am also the vice chair for the Pasadena Latino Coalition. We are really excited here at the NHMC because not only did we launch our radio station, but you can also find our shows on SoundCloud or by logging onto our website at nhmc.org. This is episode two for Pasadena and Beyond, and we plan to have discussions on education, culture, employment, social justice, health, politics, the arts, and much more. Each year from September 15th through October 15th, Americans observe National Hispanic Heritage Month. We observe the histories, cultures, and contributions we have made in America. And the city of Pasadena, along with the Latino Heritage Committee, are organizing a celebration this coming Saturday, October the 14th, the Latino Heritage Parade and Jamaica Festival, where this year's theme is Embracing Our Latino Military Servicemen and Women. Here to tell us all about the festivities is William Boyer, Public Information Officer for the City of Pasadena. Brenda, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm just delighted to be a part of the new programming here with the National Hispanic Media Coalition in Pasadena, and it's my pleasure to be talking about the Latino Heritage Parade and the Jamaica that's happening on October 14th. The parade will begin at 11 a.m. on Saturday the 14th, and it has a new route this year that we want to make sure that your listeners are aware of. And we're going to get more uh, into the details, but let's go ahead and introduce our next guest. It is my honor to introduce our next guest, who is this year's parade's community grand marshal. Staff Sergeant Hector Rodriguez grew up and worked in Pasadena and now resides in Altadena. After attending local schools, he followed in his family's military footsteps, enlisting in the Army, completing basic training at Fort Leonard Wood, Montana, and serving from 1992 to 1997. In 1999, he enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserves and was deployed to Kosovo in 2000 as part of the Operation Joint Guardian, serving as an assistant team leader on a tactical PSYOP team. He deployed twice to Afghanistan and served in a variety of leadership roles in support of both Combined Joint Special Operations Task Force Afghanistan and the Combined Joint Task Force 10th Mountain Division. In 2007, Mr. Rodriguez ended his military service at the rank of Staff Sergeant E6 after serving for 13 years. Welcome to Pasadena and Beyond, Staff Sergeant Hector Rodriguez. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Okay, so our third guest, it's my honor to introduce this year's Parade Grand Marshal, Command Sergeant Major Ramon Rodriguez. He was just 17 when he enlisted ultimately serving 23 years and attaining one of the highest ranks in the U.S. Army for enlisted personnel. He is a Congressional Medal of Honor nominee, our nation's highest honor, after serving 32 months in Vietnam and earning three silver stars, three bronze stars, and five purple hearts. You're a very special person. He was a paratrooper with the 101 1st Airborne Division in the U.S. Special Forces members. He also has three Army Commendation Medals, the Army's Meritorious Service Medal, 
was inducted into the Army Ranger Hall of Fame in 2008 and served as chair of the Los Angeles County Militaries and Veterans Affairs Commission. Welcome to the program, Commander Sergeant Major Ramon Rodriguez. Thank you, Brenda. So we have two Rodriguez's here and we have two Brenda's here. So just wanted to point out that to the listeners because I don't want them to get a little confused. <laughs> and Martina and I have the same kind of shirts and pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to say one thing on uh, <clears throat> Fort Leonard Wood. It's not Montana. It's Missouri. Oh, it's Missouri. It's Missouri. Yep. Okay. Oh. Thank you, Sergeant. So let's begin with you, Command Sergeant Major Ramon Rodriguez. What made you enlist at 17 years old? What were you thinking? I was thinking very clearly. However, I was inducted through the military or through the juvenile court system in San Pedro. I had the choice of going to a camp up in Malibu or join the military. And the judge asked my father and he looked at me and I said, I'll join the military. So I passed the (laughs) test. And I went in the military at 17. You mentioned your father. Was your father in the Army also? Or? No, he was not. He's from, he was from Mexico. Oh, what part of Mexico? Uh, Guadalajara. Guadalajara, Mexico. So you're a first generation. Yes, I am. Wow, that's wonderful. And speaking about your father, how about your mom? Is she from the United States? Yeah, my mom was uh, born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I will ask you the same um, from you, Staff Sergeant Hector Rodriguez. What made you enlist? I wanted a sense of adventure. And, uh, you know, I wasn't quite ready to go to college. So I had uh, figured that if I was going to be successful in college, I needed to have some discipline and some uh, some structure, and uh, that's why I, I ended up joining the military. And where are your parents or grandparents from? Uh, everybody's from here. Uh, my grandparents, everybody either emigrated from uh, from Texas or New Mexico, and then they ended up making uh, um, you know, laying down roots in Watts, L.A. So did you come from a family of service? I did. My oh, grandfather okay. served in World War II, and then all of my cousins and, and and uncles also served in World War II in both the Pacific and European theaters. Yeah. And my, then everybody, my dad and, and my uncles, they all served in the Marine Corps and Vietnam. And then I followed right after them. Okay, so you're a military family. My grandfather served in World War II, and my dad, his name was Guillermo Garcia Castillo. And then my father served William Prospero Castillo um, in the Korean War, and I think... Mm-hmm. For some reason, he was stationed in Germany, though. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it's really a pleasure to be here because sometimes I have to tell you that being Hispanic, being of Mexican origin, we get the bad rap. Mr. Trump has said, talk bad about Mexicans and we're rapists and druggies and whatnot. So I'm so glad you're on the program because people have to hear about you two gentlemen. I mean... You guys put your life on the line for Americans. You are Americans, and you put your life on the line for Americans. What does it mean to you to be Hispanic, Ramon? Well, I come from a background of being in the military, of being very disciplined, and especially in the airborne, a majority of the airborne paratroopers were Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So we were like a, a group, you know, working together and doing our thing. And Hector, do you want to follow up? Yeah, I, I think there, to follow up what Sergeant Major said, um, there is a, a rich and trout, uh, proud tradition of uh, Latinos that served in the Airborne. I, I for one, served um, with 4th PSYOP Group in, in, uh, when I was on active duty at Fort Bragg. And um, 
you know, there, there's a, there's always a camaraderie and there's always a special thing that Latino soldiers always bring in. There's a, this hardworking blue collar, um, let's get after it and let's get it done without any fanfare or any drama. I think we bring that, uh, that type of work ethic, which speaks volumes to the type of people that we are. And I think we see that in everyday society and it, it doesn't get uh, uh, publicized enough. So that's why I'm so glad that the city decided to honor you, a military and women, um, for their parade this year. And William, why don't you give us some more details on the parade? Oh, I think we need to hear more from these two guys. I'm just ecstatic to be here with sitting here in the same room with them. But um, the, the parade uh, will be on Saturday, October 14th. It starts at 11 a.m. And it'll go down Las Robles Avenue to Villa Street. And then it will end at the Villa Park Community Center. And then the community festival, the Jamaica, will be from noon to 4 p.m. there at the Villa Park Community Center. I, I did want to point out that there is a very special display that's happening right now at the Villa Park Community Center through the 14th, and that's the Hispanic Medal of Honor uh, wall of uh, to, to recognize the Hispanic Americans that have contributed to the defense of this country. So... Uh, I think everyone needs to go see that amongst everything else that's happening there on the 14th. And I think you have two films. Uh, um, is it produced by Latino veterans? or? That's my understanding. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't know the exact title or the content of the films, but they will be airing as well over in the auditorium there at the Villa Park Community Center. Okay, and there's going to be some kind of ceremony, right, where you're going to recognize... Um, Absolutely. There will be a special ceremony on the stage outside at about one o'clock uh, to, to honor our Grand Marshals. And how did you feel, um, Ramon, when they asked you to be the Grand Marshal? Well, I felt very proud. Uh, gave me a chance to represent uh, the Latin Americans, uh, Pasadena and the surrounding area. And I didn't hesitate at all when they called me to find out if I wanted to be the Grand Marshal. Three years ago, I was the Grand Marshal of... Uh, the military parade in Long Beach. And this coming 11th of November, which is Veterans Day, I'll be the Grand Marshal uh, for the parade in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, Sergeant Hector, how did you feel when they asked you to be the community Grand Marshal? I was initially taken back. I was a bit reluctant because I, I don't, you know, I, I just didn't see myself as being that type of person to, uh, you know, I, I just see myself as an everyday guy. And, uh, you know, I, I was honored, I was humbled, and I think, you know, having thought about it a lot, you know, I, I take it a little bit more seriously, uh, considering the, the current political climate and, and all that's going on right now. Yeah. I think it was a, it's my responsibility to um, stand up and, and represent us in a uh, positive light. Well, I'm really glad you said yes, because our youth needs to see people like you up there. Um, Another question for you, uh, Staff Sergeant Hector Rodriguez. What does it mean to be a Latino in America today? Because you talked about the social climate that we're going through right now. Well, I think there's a there's a there's a lot that's being that we're being portrayed in in a negative light, and we don't see the positives. We only see the negatives, and I don't think the media is is accurately portraying the the role and our contributions in America. I just see a lot of divisiveness and I think it's very important for all Latinos to stand up, speak out 
and we need to show what our accomplishments are and, and, and to publicize those, you know, things that I, you know, to my fellow veterans that kind of are anti-California, you know, I tell them, hey, you may be anti-California, but you need to remember if you take a drive around LA, you'll see many Latino Americans and Asian Americans who have, you know, died serving this country and are Congressional Medal of Honor winners. So you need to remember that. And, and I think, you know, for the populace that, you know, don't realize what we've done, I, I think they need that wake up call. They need that, that re-education and know what we've done, um, uh, you know, throughout the course of history and what we've done for the United States. You know, here at the National Hispanic Media Coalition, we've been a civil rights organization for more than 30 years fighting for Latinos um, in the entertainment industry and how we've been portrayed in front of the camera and behind the camera. And we were elated when we were able to get the FCC license because we feel, too, that you're not hearing our voices. You don't hear our stories. Mm -hmm. So this is the perfect show here today that we're listening to you and what you have to say. I know now that you coach uh, youth football. Yes. And um, give us your opinion on the controversy over the athletes kneeling during the national anthem. What is your personal opinion? That is a tough one. Um, so as of, like I said before, um, you know, as a veteran, uh, you know, uh, you know, I fought for the rights for everybody to express themselves. How I look at it is it's something that, you know, that, that Americans need to really take into consideration. Um, but before I can get emotional or have anything negative to say, I have to understand what it is that they're, that they're, the players are, are, are and, and most of the minorities uh, that are, that are uh, protesting peacefully, uh, what, they're, uh, what they're standing up for. And, and I've taken some time to learn about it and I've, been, I've come to learn quite a bit. And I think, you know, for the people that say, you know, that, that speak out against that, unless they've walked a mile in a, in a Latino shoes or in an African-American shoes or any, any minority group shoes, they can't speak. They don't know what it's like. You know, they're entitled, unfortunately. They don't know what it's like to be discriminated against or to be looked at. You know, so before any, any, any other group goes out and says anything, um, they need to understand what the, what the issues are and they really need to take a, a deeper look at those. Um, one of the things that I just realized um, is, is, you know, the origins of the, of the um, uh, national anthem. It's pretty surprising where, what the author, uh, who the author was and what he stood up for. I would engage all the listeners and, and, and implore them to take a look at it, read on it, and then really start to think about it uh, because it even surprised me. How about uh, you, Ramon? Well, you know, parallel, piggyback on what uh, Seth Sarden was saying, I take it personal. You know, when I go to large events, when they play the national anthem, I have to fight back tears because mm, it means that much to me. And to me, it's a slap in the face when I see professional football players that make millions of dollars kneeling. I take it really personal, and I'm strictly against it. And I honestly feel that if you're going to be a proud American, you should stand up, put your hand over your heart, and uh, be patriotic. That's why we live in this great country, because yeah. we, we can have a difference of opinion and still get along and be in the same room, same oh. show, Pasadena and beyond. Mm -hmm. um, William, I know Pasadena has a lot of activities coming up, and something that's really important is emergency preparedness. 
What do you have going on? Well, certainly when it comes to special events, I would have to say, first of all, that Pasadena is the place to be, that there seems to be a lot of activities going on all the time. Uh, in terms of emergency preparedness, though, coming up on October 19th is a special emergency drill that is being done statewide. It's the Great Shakeout, and it'll be at 1019 a.m. on October 19th. And everyone is encouraged to take a minute to drop, cover, and hold to simulate a big earthquake because you have to understand it's not a matter of if it will happen, but just when it will happen. We are overdue for a large earthquake, and all of the experts will tell you that, and everyone needs to take emergency preparedness seriously, and you have to be prepared, your family, your friends, your neighbors, and don't forget your animal companions as well. You need to prepare for your pets too. Now is the great shakeout event just for the city of Pasadena? It's a county, oh, state, no, it's, national? It's, it's statewide. Um, it's, it's primarily for California. It's the shakeout.org is the website, or you can go to readypasadena.net is another website for emergency preparedness tips. Um, so it's 10, 19 a.m., on October 19th. Are the schools um, participating? It's it's a voluntary thing mm -hmm. that is trying to be organized on a statewide basis. There are millions of people that have already gone to the website to sign up to say that they're participating. The city of Pasadena will be participating. We're encouraging the schools, Pasadena Unified School District, Pasadena City College, all of the um, private schools, we're, we're asking everyone to participate. Um, I understand that you have two Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos events this year? Yes, we do, actually. We have one on Saturday, October 28th, and the second one is on Friday, November 3rd. The first one is kind of an interesting event where we're actually celebrating the monarch butterfly as part of Dia de los Muertos, and it'll be at Washington Park, which is at Washington Boulevard and El Molina Avenue, and that'll be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and it's all about the monarch butterfly and the role that the the butterfly plays. Um, and then the, the next one is on Friday, November 3rd, 5 to 8 p.m. It's also over at the Villa Park Community Center, and that's a more uh, traditional celebration as well. And there's a lot of art that goes with it. And moving into art, there's an art night on October the 13th. Yes, that's our, we do them twice a year. There's a fall and a spring edition of Art Night. And the fall edition is Friday, October 13th. Don't be scared. Still come out and enjoy it. <laughs> and it's free. It's absolutely free. We've got 18 of the art museums, Norton Simon, Pasadena Museum of California Art, a lot of different uh, theatrical troops like um, Boston Court, and there's stuff that's going to go on at the Pasadena Library, Armory Center for the Arts, the Art Center College of Design. They're all doing things for Art Night, 18 different venues. It's all free, and if you come to... Pasadena City Hall, 
that is where, that's the central hub where we actually provide free shuttle transportation for people to get out and zip around to any of any and all of the different venues. So it's, it's done by the city, by our cultural affairs division and in partnership with the different venues and the, and the museums. It's just a fantastic night that, that we do twice a year. And you're having a fall festival too at the end, towards the end of the month. Oh gosh, you know, like I said, Pasadena is the place to be for events. And the fall festival is October 28th. And I believe that that is at Victory Park over on Paloma Street. And it'll be from 3 to 7 p.m. And there'll be, you know, live entertainment for kids and food that can be purchased, rides and games. It's it's just a fun thing that we do for, it's, it's strictly local hometown stuff. It's great stuff. So that leads me back to the parade. I'm sure you're gonna have a lot of activities for children at the festival, the Hamaica Festival. Uh, yes, absolutely. There'll be face painting, there'll be crafts, there'll be rides, there'll be, um, uh, again, just the whole plethora of activities, mostly for the, the young ones. Okay. I believe um, the Pasadena Latino Coalition is sponsoring some activities for kids for the day of. Okay. And I just want to remind everybody, um, this year's theme is embracing our Latino military servicemen and women. So I just wanted to share, since we didn't have a female veteran on the show, I just wanted to um, state some statistics. Currently, women account for 15.3% of active duty personnel in the U.S. military, the Marines actually have the lowest percentage of women at only 7.6%. 20 of 336 Marine jobs are close to women, so maybe that's why they have a lower percentage. The Air Force and Navy has the highest percentage of women serving at 17.8% for the Navy and 187 for the Air Force. So I just want to recognize that there's a lot of women who have been serving um, our country um, just like our male counterparts here today. Those are 2015 statistics. Yes, 2015. Yeah. So is there anything else, um, Ramona or Hector, that you would like to add about your, your years in service and what you recommend to young people, young Latino kids, you know, they're going to be looking at you at the parade and looking up to you? <clears throat> yeah, I have a couple of things. Uh, number one, uh, Medal of Honor recipients the Latino community leans or leads all other races in the Medal of Honor. Mm -hmm. We wow. have more Latino Medal of Honor uh, recipients than any other race. I just wanted to say. I think That's we have wonderful. About See, people don't know that. Yeah. I didn't know I, that. That's great. That's yeah, in fact, I think you should repeat it one more time. Yeah, I just like to say that the Latino race leads all other races in the recipient of the Medal of Honor, and it'll be displayed on Saturday, on Saturday the fourteenth at the park. They'll have a full display and they'll have all the Latino Medal of Honor recipients on the wall with a little bit of history, a little bit of bio on them, and it's very interesting. Excellent. It's a traveling exhibit, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Do you know where it's going next? Uh, I think it's going to be going to Phoenix, Arizona, oh, the one that I mentioned earlier. Okay. And I was with them when they had the display at the Pentagon. I was the guest speaker at the Pentagon. And also, I was a guest speaker for the 4th of July two years ago at the Del Mar Racetrack. There was over 42,000 people there, and I got to speak in front of them, and they had the wall there. Hector? Well, first of all, I'd like to say it's just being an honor in the same room with a person like Sergeant Major. I mean, we're kind of in a similar 
similar space and that, uh, you know, we're part of the special operations community, but believe me, he's at a much higher level than where I, where I occupied at. So going through Camp McCall and seeing, you know, the, the, the stories and hearing the stories and seeing things. Another thing I'd like to add that uh, to all the listeners is that um, Latinos are also one of the highest groups in the special operations community because we speak foreign languages. We can assimilate quickly. We can learn foreign languages. I speak three other languages. I speak Dari, Pashto, and Serbo-Croatian. Sergeant Major, I'm sure he can speak several yeah. other languages I as speak well. uh, German, Russian, Vietnamese, and English. Wow. Spanish. So when you think about that, and uh, you know, Latinos bring so much to, uh, bring so much to the special operations community. At Camp Vance, I'm sure Sergeant Major is aware of Camp Vance and, and Afghanistan. Many of the buildings that are over there are named after deceased Latino American soldiers who lost their lives in combat in Afghanistan during the initial uh, initial push over there. Right. And uh, I think that's something that um, the youth need to be aware of and, and to consider um, that they have something that's very valuable. They have the resources. They have uh, they bring a lot to the table. Uh, contrary to what what they may seem and what may, what they think, you know, you you must have seen a lot when you were over there. What what would get you through that? I think it was for me it was family, but also being in the role that I was in, I knew what I signed up for. I I, I, par, I volunteered to be part of that to support uh, CJ Sodov. You know, that's not something that you you just get pulled into. It's something you volunteer for. You know, I knew the path that I was taking. Uh, and I knew that it was a dangerous path. And so having that understanding and that, and that accepting that, I think helped me, you know, transition from the military back into civilian world. But, you know, family was, family and faith were the ones that helped me. How about you? What got you through those 23 years? Uh, 23 years, <clears throat> I think the big thing was my, like you said, camaraderie with your friends that you kind of grew up together and you went up in the rank. Uh, to me, it was the, the mission that we had, special forces, were deployed all over the world at the time that I was in. I happened to be on a Russian A-team, and uh, we were available in the event that the balloon ever went up, that we had pre-designated areas in Russia that we would jump into and make contact with the friendlies and uh, go from there. Uh, one thing I wanted to say that about seven years ago, I was contacted by LAUSD to go and speak to the seniors on work day. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to them and uh, they really paid a lot of attention because I kind of feel that everyone should go in the military. I don't care who your father is, how much money you make, <laughs> but dedicate some time to the military. You don't have to go to the military and go into government in some way. But I spoke to a lot of people. I went to seven different high schools in the uh, LA County area. And I spoke to them about the opportunities that the military has you don't have to go in there for three years, four years. You can go in there for six months in the reserves or National Guard, and after your basic training, you can go back to your neighborhood and still be part of the military. Because I feel that the military teaches young people a lot of things that they'll never learn on their own in civilian life. They'll teach you things like what your capabilities are physically, mentally, psychologically, how to work with other people from different backgrounds, time management, which is a big thing. But you have to realize that the ages of 17 and 19, it's a very dangerous area for young, especially Latinos, because they're undecided on what they want to do. And I think if you're 17 or 18, go in the military, stay in there for 
three years, come back out, you have all the education background that you've learned, you've got all these different benefits that you can lean on, mm -hmm. and it makes you a better person. I think that is so, that's so true. Uh, you just don't realize what you're capable of. And to this very day, like Sergeant Major uh, stated, uh, time management, all the soft skills, all the character skills, I, I, if it wasn't for the military, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. It's been um, our distinct honor to have both of you here today. It's time to say goodbye. Thank you, William Boyer from the city of Pasadena, Thank you. Sergeant Staff Hector Rodriguez, and Command Sergeant Major Ramon Rodriguez for being here on Pasadena and Beyond. We are honored to meet you and thank you for your service in the United States Armed Forces. We celebrate you and all the Latinos and what we've accomplished during this Hispanic Heritage Month, and we look forward to seeing you on Saturday at the parade. This is Brenda and Brenda. We are signing off. Thank you for listening to the National Hispanic Media Coalition's radio station, KHBG 101.5 FM. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud or listen to our shows by logging onto our website, nhmc.org. Until the next time. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. Been in the deepest corner